Hail and welcome to Circle Talk, the podcast for seekers, initiates, and the curious by four Alexandrian witches with endless different opinions. We're your host. Hi, I'm G, a high priestess and coven leader from the Boston area of Massachusetts in the U.S. Hi, I'm Peter, a high priest and coven leader from South Wales. Hi, I'm Josie, a high priestess and coven leader from Australia. And hi, I'm James, a high priest and coven leader from just outside New Orleans, Louisiana. And we are a podcast where we talk about Alexandrian witchcraft and explore differing opinions on how the Alexandrian tradition is practiced in various covens around the globe. Listeners are reminded that while we are all initiates of the Alexandrian tradition, we only speak for ourselves and not the tradition as a whole, which is an impossible thing to do. This is episode six. If it is your first episode, welcome. You may want to take a moment to pause this and go back to listen to our introductory episodes, episode zero, introductions, and episodes one, uh, definitions, or check them out after you enjoy this one. So this episode is our Sabbath special for the solstice. Today we're going to be talking about our personal practice around this time of year and touch upon what our covens may be up to. Uh, before we jump into that, I just wanted to say I find this really exciting um, because last episode I really enjoyed getting to see the wax and wither and play of the season's polarity as we discuss Beltane and Samhain. And now we get to do the same thing for the solstice. Uh, what this means to all listeners is that you get to experience the grind of these two halves, a great cosmic meal as it churns out existence. So with that said, today we're going to talk about some of the background information in regards to the solstices, what we do for these holidays, and any suggestions we have for beginners and seekers. All right, high five, get on the broom, and let's go witches. All right, so let's kick off. Uh, background information, kind of understand what the solstice is, the holidays associated with that in the Wicca. Uh, so what is uh, the solstice? So if we look at the solstices from the astronomical point of view, obviously we've got the opposites here. We've got the winter solstice and the summer solstice. Now obviously with the winter solstice, it is the farthest away from the sun, whereas the summer solstice is closest to the sun. And I mean, guys, jump in if I'm wrong, because I might be completely wrong. But obviously, as because a solstice and also an equinox is based on planets and, and the positions of the planets, it means that the dates of the solstices and the equinoxes as well can change from year to year. Now, I, I think like the wiggle room normally is like the 21st, but but it can it can range from like the, the, the 20th or the 19th right the way up until like the 22nd or the 23rd, I think is the, is the very latest. Um, and that's for obviously... The winter solstice and the summer solstice as well. Yeah, it December just, and the other other month. Yeah, it just has to do with um the tilt because Earth is on an axis, so it's like right. when the top half top in space you don't have a top when the northern half of the planet is pointing closer to the sun or the southern half. Good yeah, job. So long as the shortest days of the year, depending on which hemisphere you're in. Tmf. Right. So when when the solstice is like you say can can vary a little bit because the Gregorian calendar is off i know here where we're located most of the time it's on the 21st sometimes it can fall on the 20th and sometimes the 22nd when i look at the solstice for the sabbats i think of them as a tide and the particular sabbat is kind of that middle point in the tide did anyone else have anything they wanted to add on how you view 
when the solstice is before we kind of get into the specifics on these two Sabbaths. Yeah, just that, what a nice reminder that it's very different to know something and to explain something because that took three of us. <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, uh, but we got there. We've, Good job. Good with job, three people. of us being teachers as well. Yes. <laughs> three of you and me just panicking silently. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. All right, so the winter solstice uh, in common contemporary pagan vernacular is called Yule. Who wants to talk a bit about that? I do, and I'm going to cheat. Um, and I'm going to cheat because I'm going to read out a bit of like our outer court Sabbath like I did last time at Samhain because we start our Yule ritual with, and what is Yule? So that's very convenient. So we say this. It was of old the pagan festival of dying yet ever reborn nature. It was of old the pagan festival of the reappearing sun. It was of old the pagan festival when the hands from labor took their rest and hunger took its fill. It was of old all these things, and so it is today. But more, it is now the new festival of humankind's remembrance of our errors and our charity toward erring neighbors. It has now become the widening festival of universal love, with succor for all in need and compassion for all suffering, of goodwill striving against ill will, and of peace conquering war. And thus, for all who have anywhere come to know it and celebrate it, Yule is the festival of the better worldly self. It is what it has been through many an age to many a people, the symbolic earth festival of the evergreen, setting forth our belief in renewed youth and immortality, and renewing our faith in a destiny that wends its ancient way upward out of dark towards eternal light. And I had no part in writing that. Somebody wrote that like 40 years ago, but it is, I think. That was beautiful. Thank you. That's well put. How about the summer solstice, also commonly called Litha? I'm here in bottom space. Um, to top space um, in the southern hemisphere. It is, <laughs> it is coming up on the summer solstice. So we're coming into summer. I'm watching the sun shining on my oak tree outside. It's a beautiful day. I'm planning a beach trip in the next week. Um, so very different. Speaking in pagan and Wiccan spaces, this is when the sun is coming up height. So again, two sides of the coin. We celebrate the sun. And the height of, of power and vitality and all of the things that that kind of represents. Um, midsummer and also midwinter are both traditionally celebrated in lots of different parts of the world. In Europe, it was traditional, and I'm not talking about pagans, I'm talking about folkloric and folk practices, but it was traditional to have bonfires um, at midsummer. Here in Australia, if we did that, we'd be a sit. So we don't do that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the height of, of bush. Things are very dry. My commute is across countryside and the long grain grass has just started to go brown. And by the end of December, it'll all be dead and dust. And it'll stay that way until March, April. So wow. summer in Australia is often a fairly dead time of, as well. So it's not like your European summers. That's so interesting how our concept of seasons is like really dependent on where we live. Like it's just a very different, but I'm sighing longingly over each day. I'll send you some photos. Well, it's an interesting idea, the local geography, because that's what I spent the first year in Louisiana, kind of t dipping my toe in, is how does my craft that I've learned how to practice in various other places bloom here? We planted the seed, but what, what bloom and tree am I getting? And we're only getting into our second year. And so I think that's, that's an interesting idea and approach 
Um, Peter, you were going to say something? I think I was just going to jump in and, and obviously say there is that difference, isn't there, between Yule and the winter solstice. And I don't think culturally we would have had both, at least here in the UK, whether our ancestors could read the stars and gauge when the winter solstice was from an astronomical point of view is also another discussion. But I don't necessarily see the, the two as the same. Like for me, I I would link Yule with what is now secular Christmas, with getting together with family, getting together with friends, but then celebrating the winter solstice as the rebirth of the sun, as, as, as Sol Invictus. And we'll probably get into that a little bit later on in the episode. Yeah, well, I mean, Yule comes from Scandinavian, comes from like the word Yule and Yol and Yolamonat, which was a month of winter activities. Right. I think I read a, I'm not sure if it was an article or exactly the source, but I read it recently where a religious studies scientist who specializes in third century Christianity talked a bit about why the 25th was chosen. And it has to do with Rome mistakenly believing that the solstice fell on the 25th. That's if I find the source, I'll I'll share it and put it in the, the show notes. But when third third century Christians were trying to place Jesus' birth and were relating it to the solstice, it ended up on the 25th instead of the 21st because of a miscalculation with earlier calendars. And if that information is wrong, it's because the source I remember is wrong or I misremember. Yeah, I think it, it's its own episode, isn't it? Talking about the, not even the origins of uh, Christian celebrations or, or Christian holy days. We're probably not going to get into that in this episode, but that's really interesting. I did know that about the 25th. I, I'd actually never thought, why, why was it the 25th as opposed to any other day that we celebrate secular Christmas, however you want to term it? Well. I think that's a good segue for us to kind of get into what we do for the holiday. Kind of got a background on what it is. So if we can kind of go around the horn, kind of hit what you personally do or your family does, and then kind of extend that a little bit, talk a bit about the coven within the parameters of what you are comfortable of speaking on. So, uh, G, would you lead off for us? Yeah. So this is my favorite time of year. If I have to be cold, then this is my favorite time of year. I love I love all the seasons. I'm one of these people who I get to every Sabbath. I'm like, this is my favorite, but they cannot all be my favorite. But I, I genuinely love the holiday season. I think I enjoy the existential crisis of pointlessly striving towards ultimate good and um, this idea of like peace on earth and like the MBTA buses here. Um, like the last week before Christmas changed the saying like on top that like runs across the screen of the buses to like peace on earth. Like, I just love that we're all like lying to ourselves about it. And I, I, I need that for some reason. I love the lights. So I decorate like as early as possible. I've got lights, I've got a tree, as many decorations as I can. And it's very poignant for me because Christmas, the holiday season, I don't mean to keep, the holiday season is is difficult for a lot of people because we also remember loss at this time. Like it's a very nostalgic time of year. For me, in my personal practice, I just do a lot of reflection. I reflect on these ideas of like hope. I reflect on darkness, on the sitting underground that you need to do to grow. I strive to be kinder because we're all suffering right now in the dark and the cold. And I try really hard to be aware of that and to be kinder to 
the people that I see out in the world. My personal practice tends to meld into Christmas because my family is culturally Christian or like culturally celebrates Christmas. Like I still go to midnight mass because that is really good ritual. You've got 300 people who don't know that they're all sitting together doing really good rituals, singing the same songs and chanting the same things. And if you're a witch, you can totally tap into that. And it's like a nice buzz. In my coven practice, we do ritual. It incorporates like a little bit of ritual drama of sort of like renewing the child of promise. We blow out all the lights, blow out all the candles, and then somebody comes in from outside with a lit candle. And then we like light all the, t- all the typers. Everybody has a candle. And then we just sort of express blessings like towards the world for like renewed hope, renewed faith, renewed courage. And we sort of wrap the new year and you will sort of like all together in terms of our practice. You know, I think James mentioned in the previous episode, like that at Samhain, their practice really slows down as a coven because this is the dead time of the year. This is the the quiet time of the year. And I, I feel that in my soul. And I, this year in particular, I feel kind of angry because I think we've all sort of been experiencing this weird post COVID hustle that's happening everywhere. Like this, this weird rush that people are in. And I'm upset because I, I want to be able to enjoy this time in my normal, like reflective way. And I can't. So that's just like kind of a personal bummer. I think that it's a very visible holiday. And so like, it's a very easy one to incorporate into personal practice and reflection. Yeah. My, my experiences of, of the winter sauces and Yule are really similar to yours, G within personal practice and, but also current practice. A lot of what we do is, is welcoming back the sun, welcoming back that light. We might call upon Sol or Sol Invictus or other solar deities like Lleithel Guffes, who's a child of Arianfrod and a god of light. In the past, before I was an Alexandrian witch, when I worked with an eclectic witchcraft coven, we did something really similar where we had light, we blew out all the candles, and then we relit golden candle and then everybody lit the candles from that candle as a way of symbolizing the light coming back but yeah you know like it's like I touched upon just now secular Christmas for 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 me and a lot of the initiates in the coven is about a time when we get together when we remember family we celebrate with family that that are still with us but but also I always say that this is my favorite Sabbath and then the next Sabbath is also my favorite Sabbath and I love them all I do have a personal preference for other sabbats as opposed to the winter solstice but yeah I, I i like the time of the year i like i like being cold i like being able to wrap up warm and being with family being with friends and also just having some time of work just to kind of recharge which is kind of the polar opposite of of what is going on at the moment with it being the dead time of the year for us in the northern hemisphere just being able to recharge and have a bit of a breather i think uh like very quick that that being with family and friends, I wish I had said, because that I think is a very historical thing. It is cold. It is dark. If you are a person who lives in a rural, if you're doing, if you're an agricultural community, this is the time of year when you want company, like when you want multiple people on guard, when you want to share what you have kept because the cold is going on for a bit longer. Well, in our personal practice, I find the idea of the lighting the candle and spreading the light practice. Interesting that two of you do this. Because several years ago, my wife and I assisted a Unitarian Universalist church in putting together a solstice service 
where that was the foundational idea of where they light their chalice, which is kind of the flame and chalice. It's one of the central symbols of you church. Later in the service, a candle was lit from there and you passed it to the next congregant until the flame spread. So that was a central idea. But as for what the we do in our personal practice and what the family does, some of it comes from a bit of what my wife grew up doing and a little bit from what I grew up doing. So on the 21st after nightfall, or well, I say 21st, but on Yule, whenever that falls, after nightfall, this year's on the 21st, we hand out a brand new pair of pajamas for everyone in the family. This is a practice that her family did growing up. And we put out all the lights and we light a Yule log. And there's a little litany that we say to light the three candles on the Yule log at the hearth. I don't have it memorized. I wrote it years ago. We've said it every year for like 50. Immediately after that, I read a story. I've read the same story every year in my adult life. And it's the same story I heard growing up. So the Church of Rhiannon, which I started attending when I was nine, my dad was a member of, had a story that one of the co-founders wrote. Before I get into the specifics of that, I'm going to preface it with saying, Alexandrians as a whole do not, contrary to popular belief, work with the Oak and Holly King. However, in this particular instance, this Alexandrian has a practice that I got from a non-Alexandrian source in regards to the Oak and Holly King. And so it is a story about the Oak and Holly King, but it's not a battle. It's a story about how he follows and chases the sun. And it's a story of transformation. Um, I have it written up in a blog post from years ago. I will share the link in case anyone wants to read it. It's fairly short. After that, we open one gift each and spend the night hanging out, drinking mold wine, chatting, telling stories, listening to uh, holiday music, and things like that. The next morning, kids all open presents, spend the day enjoying them. Before nightfall, we have a Yule dinner. Several years in a row, we've done goose. This year, we're doing a corned ham. I have cured it myself, so we're going to have that. And we do it before nightfall because we track in our personal families kind of practice from the nightfall to nightfall, eve of, eve of. So Yule for us starts the, the night before and ends the following day. So the daytime part is actually the second half. So that's our kind of family thing extended family will go visit family and enjoy their celebration of christmas if they celebrate christmas just because it's a good time to go see family as for what the coven does we're moving out of the quiet period as the sun is reborn so does our practice get reborn and we get to nurture the flame throughout the year our temple has just been kind of set up and going so for the first year that we're working the temple we're going to do the sabbath rituals in accordance with boss by boss, I mean the Book of Shadows. We're going to do, in addition to that, an altar consecration. I think I previously mentioned we needed a new altar, but it's going to be done by, by Yule. We're going to consecrate it, although I know practice-wise there are already forms of that written to the ritual. We're going to do this as an extra shebang thing that we repeat every Sabbath throughout the year so that we're not just having the temple experience the boss, but we're consecrating the altar in the work throughout the year. And I kind of have some personal work going on with the the pole star and its associations with the north, and that's the direction of Yule. And I'm, I'm kind of playing around with those themes and experiences in my personal work. 
I know that we are due to hear from Josie on a touch of summer, which I could really use right now. But Peter, how did you not talk to us about the dead horse skull thing that I'm not even going to try to pronounce, but is like a Welsh, like winter thing? Because I don't understand. And I feel like that is, come on. Drunken rap battles. That's that's (laughs) how I understand it. Yeah, well, yeah, basically, we have a tradition here in Wales that's called a variloid, which means the grey mare. And a variloid is a horse skull, which is paraded through the village, traditionally through the village. It arrives at, at a person's door, and then there is a punko. And punko is where you have the crew of the mariloid outside the door, and people on the opposite side of the door, and they sing to each other. And basically what happens is that if the Mari Lloyd wins the singing competition, she's given entrance into the house and is given wine, food, alcohol, and then she blesses the occupants of that house. Now, quite often it will lead to a pub and then everybody will have this, you know, this this good time. Um, personally, I think it's the remnants of the worship of Rhiannon, Rhiannon being associated with horses. I've not read that anywhere. That's just what I feel. It's a feeling. There are there are traditional songs and lines that are sung between both parties. I won't get into it now, but maybe remind me in a year's time and I'll practice them and, and yes. I'll get you guys to sing along with me and yes. we can do it back and forth. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, you guys have probably seen the meme going around and it's one of my favourite memes of this time of the year. And it's like, so it, it, uh, it goes on the lines of, why is there a... Why is there a scary horse skull outside the window? And it says the Welsh because it's Christmas. And then the answer is yes, but why? And then in caps is because it's Christmas. And then yes, but and then it's just a picture of the Mary Lloyd and she looks so happy. I'm sure you've all seen it. If you haven't, yes, I did. That's why I mentioned it because I yeah. saw it and was like, oh my god, I have to ask Peter what the fuck this is. And then yeah. I said, no, I'm going to see him later. I'm sure he'll talk about it when it's his turn. And you didn't so and i and i I didn't and i apologize if that's okay for our listeners if you can't find it we will we will post it somehow to our page and you can you can have a giggle at it (laughs) i i have that meme so i can i can share it uh good stuff thank you for reminding me yeah because like i i plan to go to evadi lloyd in a couple of weeks time because it's always enjoyable and i love as a welshman i love a good sing i love a good sing along As much as we love the cold and the dark and cozying up to a warm fire, Josie's not having that right now. So could you tell us all about what's going on down under? Sure can. Um. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that. What, you thought you were the only one who gets to make Australia jokes? <laughs> I miss the that. Thing I don't is, know what's going on. If you do that, if you make it that gross every time, I will laugh every time too. <laughs> That's how gross I am. Oh, there was there was something that somebody said earlier. Something. I don't remember whether it was this episode or the previous episode, but I was going to be like, "Are we still talking about what I think we're talking about?" Bottom space. We talking about something. <laughs> no, it was even before that. It was something completely different. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> All right. To to the, to anyway. the flip side. On the other side, coin down yeah. Um. We are coming up to the summer solstice, as I said, so it's getting warmer. Everything's browning off and dying off. So by the end of December, it will be very hot. Christmas in Australia is weird, and it's even more weird 
when you sort of fall into paganism. So we have, we, people decorate their houses and all of that, and that's fine. There is plastic holly up everywhere. People put up fake snow. Our Santas wear the full, like, Santa, <laughs> like our mall Santas wear the full, like, Santa gear, and it can be, like, a 43-degree day. So there's all this winter symbolism. For, <laughs> yes. for Fahrenheit folks. 43 Celsius. Oh, I don't know what that is in your wacky Fahrenheit it's temperature. bloody hot. Bloody hot. Bloody hot. Bloody yeah. hot, mate. The roads melt. <laughs> so that's really, I feel like you're kind of swimming upstream and even more so when you're trying to celebrate the summer solstice in the midst of all of that, when you're surrounded by things with reindeer on them and, yeah, lots of red and green and all of that. So it can be a little bit strange. I do love this time of year, though. I'm the same. Um, I've been looking at the lyrics of a couple of my favourite, like, Christmassy kind of songs and... <sighs> One of them is from the Muppet Christmas Carol, which yes. is one of my favorite holiday yes. movies. But that feels like Christmas. Just hear me out. It is the season of the heart, a special place bearing the ways of love made clear. It is the season of the spirit. The message, if we hear it, is make it last all year. So, yeah, it's just, it's all about family for me, just like it is for you guys as well. Christmas dinners here are often. At lunchtime, people play backyard crickets. There are barbecues. People go to the beach. Sometimes we go swimming, like things like that. So it's it's still the same in those ways, and I really like it. There's also a Tim Minchin song that's all about, and he's an atheist, right? But he writes about he still gets to see all of his family, and they drink white wine in the sun, and it's beautiful. So, yeah, I think the feeling is the same. I would like to think Sorry. No, 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 not sorry. It had, it had like literally never occurred to me. I don't know why that you would marry summer solstice to like those Christmas traditions. And I think that's like awesome because now I feel like you get them twice. But that's not nice. so for Yule in June. We we do all that stuff with lots of people. Some people do trees and gifts and big roast dinners and things like that. Like double Yule. <laughs> in terms of what I do with my cupboard and my groups. I was trying to think back and I reckon I've cancelled more summer solstices than I've done because it's bushfire season and it's not safe or legal to travel to the country if there's a bushfire or if it's very likely there will be one. So so many there's been many a summer solstice ritual that has been cancelled at the last minute. When we have had them, we've done things like had candles in uh, glass lanterns or had um, even solar candles and things like that. The ritual I'm doing with my eclectic witchcraft training group at the moment is based on one by Julia Phillips from The Witches of Oz, her book. And it's all about, so you have someone dressed up as the sun and you celebrate like the coming, uh, the height of the power and all of that. But you also have someone dressed up as a darkness that slightly injures or marks that person because it's about like, yes, this is the height of the power, but it's also the top of the roller coaster. And we're about to start going back down again as well. And it's important to remember. Yeah. I like that our, like all of our solstice rituals incorporate this ritual drama in some way of like this, it's a, it is at the, it is a super tangible holiday. It's one of the ones that you can literally look outside and like, like, ah, it is. Well, for some of us who live in, in areas like, ah, it is summer, ah, it is winter. And yet like, and maybe therefore we can like put them in this really nice ritual drama ways. That's awesome. So this ritual calls for oak boughs decorated in like bells and loud things you get to chase the darkness yeah it's gonna be so fun 
That's almost a Morris dance. <laughs> all right. I think that's all I have. Okay, well, then I think it comes to, in addition to what the listeners can data mine from what we said, any suggestions or ideas or even advice that we have for seekers or beginners who are listening on what they can do this this holiday. Um, does anyone have anything they want to jump on with that? Okay, well, I think I have a little something. I think my biggest advice is keep doing what you're doing already. Those traditions that came down to us and just survived through the ages, survived as a living tradition mm-hmm. and was given to you to keep. And please keep it. Keep keep it going. It doesn't matter if the origins were were pagan and became Christian and pagan again. All that's beside the point. The point is it survived as a living tradition and it's here in our hands and we have the opportunity to pass it to the next generation. So keep them in your personal work, maybe explore the ideas of the light being reborn in your life or as a uh, Josie's theme of the light chasing the darkness and beating it with oak boughs. That's cool too, but kind of take that next step with it. It's, it doesn't necessarily have to be anything that's extra. You're already doing things. Keep doing them. Yeah, I was going to say, like, never has it been easier to hide your pagan practice than at this time of year when the secular practice, like the secular culture around us in the Northern Hemisphere mimics exactly what, like, a lot of our mythology around winter solstice and Yule is. And so, like, it's the same thing. It's meditate on the meaning of light and the importance of light in your life. It's holds that light inside of yourself because we are headed into seasonal depression season you know, so find ways to find that light for yourself and to remind yourself that like, even in the darkest moment, that light is being reborn. And sometimes it just takes time for it to show it. It feels, I think for all of us, like very difficult. This is the beginning of the days getting longer, but I am not going to notice that for until like maybe the beginning of February, or it is the beginning of the days getting shorter and colder, but you're not really going to notice that until like perhaps August or September. So it takes time for the light to show. It takes time for the, for change to happen, but like hold faith and hope in it, I think, and incorporate that into like your personal meditative practice. And nurture the light, nurture that newborn flame into a blaze. Well, in the secular world, Northern and Southern Hemisphere, it's a time for caring and family. And all of these things. So just be kind. And as G said earlier, we're coming out of a pandemic and the focus seems to be on rushing back to normal. We're, we're all traumatized. Let's be nice. Yeah. If you don't have a group to practice with, if you're not traumatized by your, your religious past, which I understand some people are, like seriously try a Christmas service because like when you're on the other side of that coin, you're like, oh man, these people are doing so much witchcraft and they have no idea. Like this is so pagan and they don't even know. And it's a really nice feeling as you can totally celebrate the holiday like right in the middle of a Catholic service secretly. Some of the best witches are Catholics. Yes, they are. So I think that about brings us to the end of this episode. Today we talked a bit about the background information in regards to the solstice, what it is a bit about what we each do for these holidays and any suggestions or advice that we had for beginners and seekers. But before we leave you today, I had a quick thought. Stuart Farrar once said, Wicca is a creed of joy. 
among other things, a joyful communion with the great annual cycle of the fertility of nature. So I ask, how are you doing that this solstice tide? So thank you for listening. See the episode notes for our contact information. If you have any questions or queries or thoughts, please do get in touch with us. We love hearing from you. From all of us at Circle Talk, Merry Meet, Merry Part, and Merry Meet again. And blessed solstice.